Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician that wants to get real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast Mental Health Series. Today's episode is the first in a short series featuring previous guests sharing their stories of dealing with mental health challenges. These conversations came together as a result of popular demand and discussion in the Real Turf Tech WhatsApp group. Our goal with this series are to let the Real Turf Tech community know that you and your loved ones are not alone in facing mental health challenges, to decrease the stigma around talking about mental health, and to encourage people to seek help and support. We're lucky to have four friends of the podcast back on to share their stories, and we know this community will offer them our support and thanks for opening up with us. We'll be asking our friends to share some early signs that they were struggling, what helped them get from their low points to where they are today, and what they learned along the way. Today, we'll be talking to our buddy in Bahrain, Matthew Aston. As a heads up, Matthew's story includes details of a fatal car crash he witnessed and references to suicide. So looking back, what were some of your early signs that you were struggling? So I had my nervous breakdown when I was 25. At the time I was working at a golf course and life was good. Everything was all right. had a partner. Everything was going along, typical sort of 20-year-old, nothing can stop me, mm-hmm. you know, indestructible sort of way. And the one day I was picking up spare parts on the way home from the, the local dealer who I happened to used to work for. And, and, and this is what caused it. So it's better off to start how it happened. Okay. So there was a really bad car crash out the front of the dealership. And the dealership used to be in a bit of a dip. It was like the road came along, it was in a bit of a gully. And there was two kids racing each other in their cars, all sort of 18, 19. They were zipping down the lanes. The first car got through, the second car didn't quite make it. And it clipped a car with a lady and two little kids. And then he lost control. And then he plowed head on into another car. So I was first out of the door up the grass bank. And my dream job was always to be a fireman before I got into the turf industry and unfortunately mm-hmm. in the uk you couldn't have glasses and at 18 i got told i needed glasses so i had no issue dealing with an incident because that was my dream so i shot out anyway shot out and the lady and the two kids were all right but the the two 19 year old lads in the car were both dead and i was first in through the window you know i got to the driver i couldn't get to the passenger but i knew both of them the passenger had broke his neck and the driver had smashed his nose off the steering wheel and it had gone up into his brain. So mm. I knew they were gone, finished. So I went to the other car and there was more people had turned up at this point. So anyway, I dealt with the crash. It went on. And uh, so life carried on as normal. And what I didn't realize was that when the, the crash happened, obviously the traffic built up and these three 18 year old kids come running down the road and it was their friends. And mm. 10 minutes earlier, they'd been playing football together. So all of a sudden they've gone from their friends, all laughing and joking. The one lad, I will never forget because I had to rugby tackle him 
down an embankment to get him away from the car. He was just doing laps of the car in shock. His two friends were dead. He was just doing laps of the car, crying out. I literally had to tackle him down the grass embankment. We took him inside out of the way. So then I helped the emergency service deal with it. Now at the time I was, like I say, life was good in a relationship. Everything was going along. And what I didn't realize it did was it made me start. I always called it my reality check because it made mm -hmm. me realize that's how quick life can be taken from. Mm -hmm. One minute you're there, next week you're gone. And as a 24 year old, I'd never thought of this. I just right, right. Yep. carry on, don't you? Mm -hmm. And then over the next sort of 10, 12 months, this just kept going on in my head. And I was fighting myself every day. So it's going round, round, and I'm arguing myself. And then it started to get to the point that every time I got in a car, I was convinced that I was going to have a really bad crash. Like I was cursed, if okay. you want to call it that. Maybe it was post-traumatic stress. I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, so at this point, I've swapped jobs and I am doing a much longer journey to work every day. And it affected me physically as well as mentally. I started to have real issues with my colon, uh, being able to go to the toilet, basically. It became, at points, it would become uncontrollable. I would start to get spasms in my gut. Yeah. And that spasm was like the alarm call, you're going to the toilet. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it was always when I was in the car, was hell, to be honest. Right, right. Yeah. And then the one day I was at work and I just didn't feel well. I think at this point, my brain and my body couldn't take anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd overcome it and fought it and overcome it and overcome it and fought it. And it got to the point where... I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I was at work and I was working for a hire company as one of their senior mechanics. And I couldn't do my job. I sat at this machine and this machine I'd taken apart. God knows how many times. Really, really. You know, it was just a winter service regrind. I just sat there and I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. And I had strange headache and I just felt off. So I got in the car. I just said to the boss, I'm going home. I don't feel too good. I'm not with it. So I'm going to go home. And then that car journey back was what broke me or, or was the final point. So mm -hmm. on that car journey back, I was playing games in my head so much and fighting with myself internally so much. I remember I used to go down a back lane through the farmer's fields to get to my house. And there was a big tree on the corner, big, solid, thick oak. And it got to the point where I told myself, if I drive at that tree and just have a crash, they cure everything. And I wow. actually accelerated. I accelerated. My family mm. does. I accelerated. And, and then I just stopped myself. Idiot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, went, went past the tree, drove home, got home, went straight to bed, slept for six mm -hmm. hours, seven hours. And then the next thing I remember was my dad coming in from work and waking me up. And at that point I broke there and then my girlfriend wasn't back from work. 
my dad came in, I woke up, I cried for probably 12 hours. Wow. Nonstop. The whole lot just came out like a tidal wave. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stop myself. Now, I'm, I'm not an emotional person, but that day I was uncontrollable. It just out the blue. I'd gone from this full of life, no fear, to just this wreck, mm -hmm. absolute wreck in the space of eight hours of a day. And the next day I woke up, I went to work. One thing I always promised myself when I was suffering was I would never have a day off work because a lot of people suffer and then they, first thing they do is they say they can't handle work. And some people probably can't. They're probably right. worse than what I am. But I set myself the challenge that I would not miss a day of work. So I went to work the next day and I had a really good boss and I sat him down and I explained what went on and he set a work program to help me. He took me off all the big kit, took me off all the diagnostic work. He gave me two stroke and push modes, which I could do without having to worry, without thinking too much. And then I made the decision, it's time to go and speak to someone. So it, it kind of crept, it kind of, the early signs were definitely my body changed. You know, I started having the problems with, with, with my colon yeah. digestive system. That was what mm -hmm. you're arguing. I was constantly arguing with myself internally. Yeah. Don't you, you can't switch your brain off then, can you? You can't find that relaxation point that your body needs. Just this pressure just kept building and building and building. And I think the harder you try to so oh, you think yeah. about something else or don't think about this. Yeah, it's impossible. Just sits back on your shoulder and says right. hello again, doesn't it? You know, hi, I'm back. And I had nightmares and, and I have a very good photogenic memory. I can remember a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, even to this day, I could tell you that crash to the point. I could draw you a sketch exactly yeah, where yeah. everything was. The actual crash didn't bother me. That kid running around that car just endlessly running around that car. That just, as a 24-year-old who, who was who was living his life and loving it, mm -hmm. that knocked me for six. What helped you move from your low point to where you are now? Family. Mm -hmm. And this is my advice. So anybody that listens to this podcast who thinks or knows they have a problem and is not sure how to go about it. The biggest thing that you can do to move from your low point is to tell someone that you're struggling because there's this stigma, especially as a male. And, and I hate to say it with the way social media is portrayed nowadays. I think the hardest thing for any human being is to actually sit down with somebody and say, I'm a mess. You need to help. You've got to be honest with yourself because if you lie to yourself, you will naturally lie to somebody else. If you can't be honest with yourself, you can't be honest with anybody. So the day that I sat down with my dad and my brother and said, I need help was probably the start of me coming out of it. Do you fully recover from it? I'm not so sure you do. I think you learn how to deal with it yeah, and how to live with it.
and what the telltale signs are that you're going through a rough patch. I'll be honest, I've struggled the last, you know, few weeks at times. It's not easy at the moment with COVID and stuff. It's just you being able to say, you know what, I'm having a rough day or I'm having a rough week. So for me, you want to move out of that low point and you want to progress. It starts with yourself. And I'm sure the other people you'll say to will probably say the same thing. Yeah. Because I think the people that are strong enough to be able to speak up are the ones that survive. So if they can't talk about it themselves, they're the ones that are going to suffer. So the biggest thing, no matter what line of work you're in, just say, I'm not okay. (laughs) It's the new thing to say now, isn't it? Hashtag, it's okay not to be okay. Just don't be okay. That's what I would say. You want to cry, cry. You want to stand in the middle of the street and scream your lungs down. Do it, but let somebody know you're struggling because somebody will help you. I love it. What'd you learn from going through? Appreciate life for certain, hundred percent. Try and appreciate life for what it is. Mm-hmm. Did it make me a stronger person? Eventually. I was probably a weaker person for a while. I would say it took me three years from that day where I broke down. It took me three years for me to feel strong enough to do certain things. So somebody else might be different. But for me, I had to go through that weak point and that vulnerable point for me to be able to rebuild myself and come back out of it again. So I learned a lot about myself. And if you talk to my family and my friends, well, you saw by the message I left on the WhatsApp group, you know, above all else, I'm very conscious now of other people. If I see someone who is showing telltale signs that like I had, I'm not scared to go and talk to them and say, is everything all right? Have I moved on? Yes. Do I still struggle? Yes. I'm not going to lie. I don't think it kind of goes away. I think you learn to respect it and deal with it. Yeah. And different coping mechanisms that you can use to all the safe places. When I was really suffering, I had three safe spaces. I had work. I had my home where where I live in with my dad Mm. and I had the game of rugby. Yeah. And that was my three safe spots. If you took me to a pub or a bar, I struggled. Yeah. I just couldn't deal with it. You know, whatever I did was going to end in catastrophe. Me and my girlfriend at the time, we split up because I just think I became very difficult to deal with Mm -hmm. and she couldn't understand because he'd knocked me for six. He knocked all my confidence out of me, all my social aspect out of me. I became quite reclusive. You Mm -hmm. know, I'd, I have the most ridiculous DVD collection at my dad's house because my safe haven was sitting on my bed. So I've got like four, 500 DVDs maybe mm. in my dad, at my dad's house in the UK. Yeah. Because that's one of the places that I could cope. So I was quite happy to just sit and watch movies all day mm-hmm. or TV documentaries or whatever. Yeah. It's pretty good for me now. I can't lie. Awesome. It's as good as I think you can expect it to be. There you go. What motivates so, you to share your story? I don't want anybody to suffer like I suffered. Yeah. My best friend at school, he lived opposite me. And when we left school, he went to university and either this year or late last year, same age as me, he took his own life. 
the day after his birthday. He got mixed up with the wrong crowd at uni. Drugs got hold of him and he did suffer. He really did suffer. We used to bump into each other and he ended up working at a local petrol station in my hometown back in the UK. So we'd, I'd mm. see him in the morning sometimes filling up. Uh, that hit me really hard last year. I don't want anybody to suffer like me, Trent. Yeah. Because it's, it did stop me doing things in my life. And I missed a lot, to be honest. Well, yeah, watching four or 500 uh, DVDs. <laughs> it's not much mm. of a life really, is it? Right. But at the time, that was the only thing I could do for me to, hence why I put that message when we, we spoke on the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah I put yeah. that message. If anybody in that group ever has a really rough day or they're feeling really low, even if it's two o'clock in the morning here in Bahrain, somebody can feel free to pick that phone up to me and I'd do it for anybody. So let's start talking to each other and, and being open about it. It's That's not awesome. hard, is it? I don't, I think maybe it's, it's hard to initialize a conversation like that, but once you do it. You're scared though, aren't you? Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, you're scared. Right. Yeah. You're scared because you're thinking, oh, I'm the only one that's going through this. Because people don't talk to each other. Right. So you could be sat in a room with six mates. Four of you could be going through exactly the same thing. Maybe stress that's causing it is slightly different, but that talking to yourself, playing games in your head and struggling to get out of bed and not wanting to go to the pub for a pint or going to the pub for a pint, but you're so uncomfortable that you've got cold sweats and don't get to the point where you feel that your only way out of it is to do something stupid. I even hate to use the word suicide, Trent. Yeah. Because to me, suicide is the last resort, isn't it? It's like the final cry out for help that nine times out of 10, you're not coming back from. And it shouldn't get to that point when all it takes is sit down with someone with a cup of coffee. And ask them how they're doing. Yeah. And if they need to cry, let them cry. Offer them a shoulder to cry. Mm -hmm. You're saving someone's life, potentially. Yep. Really. And that that's more important than anything else that we go through. So let's all get together, make each other laugh. But if we need to cry, cry. For God's sake, let it out. Yeah, get it out. I think that's something else that's important. If you're not struggling with any of this, if somebody wants to talk, all you got to do is listen. You don't have to solve all their issues. Sometimes it's just getting it out, isn't it? Trip? Yes, it's just getting it out. You just got to listen to them. Yeah. Speak up, for God's sake. Anybody yeah. listening to this? Just speak up. Anybody. Anybody. And reach out to anybody. The more likely they'll listen. Yeah, and you don't have to be in the turf industry. If you just happen to be Joe Bloggs, who's found our podcast and you're having to listen to it. And I hope it does go like that. Because oh, I'm yeah, going to send, for, sure. I, for certain, I am going to send this to everybody. Because this is not just about turf technicians who've had problems or struggled. This is about us as human. Female, right. male, child, adult. I hope we can do our little bit to help really break down this negativity towards mental health. 
which is going, it's ongoing, isn't it? And it is, excuse me, it is much, much better now than it was five years ago. Yeah, for sure. And a and hundred times better than 10 years ago. Mm. I wish when I had that nervous breakdown at 25, I wish there was the things available to people like there is nowadays yeah. about mental health and the awareness of it. The hashtag, it's okay to not be okay. Should right. be on everything. Thank you, Matthew. Oh, thank this you. has been great. I appreciate you sharing your story with us and letting everybody know it's okay not to be okay. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Matthew. It's not easy sharing your feelings and your struggles and that some people might look at it, your weaknesses. Not always easy to put it out there. And I'm so proud of Matthew for telling us his story. And I hope this story touches somebody. I hope it helps someone. And just remember, if you need help, ask for help. You can ask anyone. Somebody will help you. So if you're struggling, don't go through this alone. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Real Turf Text Podcast. I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Text. See you bye.